Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Match Reaction series. Joining you the day after, the morning after, the night before, which included Arsenal's 1-0 win over Manchester City. I'm very happy to be joined this morning by Charlie. How are you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, not too bad. I think it's uh, it's still not properly sunk in, but literally all I'm seeing over social media, over TikTok, Instagram, everything, I'm just seeing Arsenal... Uh, beating Man City, Saliba and Gabriel keeping Haaland in, in their pockets. Uh, the just Gap, Martinelli's goal overall, it's just, it's everywhere at the moment. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm trying to, it's like almost every single time I see it, I'm smiling because we finally, we finally beaten them after, I think it was 2015, wasn't it? The last time that we actually beat them. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. And I, yeah, I, you I, were three years old when we last beat Man City. Pardon? You were three years old when we beat City last time, I think. No, no. Uh, what? So eight years ago, I'd, I'd have been fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, uh, I'd have just been leaving uni. So yeah, that's there's uh, there's the age gap there. But uh, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you happen to be joining us in the world, people in the chat box. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. It's very much appreciated. If you could uh, drop a like, subscribe, all that lovely stuff. We're of course closing in. Uh, on 100k um, so please do uh, do so it would mean the absolute world if you could and uh, yeah join us on that pathway and that journey it's been great uh, we started this channel you know back in August of, of what 2021 I think it was uh, and yeah to come as far as we have in that time and to see Arsenal rise the way they have has been amazing and you know back then we were talking about Arsenal being battered by Man City you know at the start of that season 5-0 at the Etihad I remember Burnt Leno letting in a lot of goals <laughs> and uh, how things have changed in that amount of time uh, including the absence of Bukayo Saka apparently not needed uh, to beat Man City uh, you don't need Bukayo Saka you just need to make sure that you've got a squad that know exactly what Mikel Arteta is asking to do but in all seriousness um how big of a win is this uh, in terms of kind of the projects the process the the aims and hopes of this season massive um I, i've mentioned it a few times you can't understate how big this can be this win in in terms of a whole this season because i mean you've said quite a few times the what you need to do to win the league is to beat man city you need to beat the best teams in one in one of the two games that you play against man city you need to beat them to be able to win. And we haven't been able to get a point out of them over the last five seasons, I think it is. I, I know six seasons, the last 12 meetings that we've had against them, we've lost. Uh, we haven't been able to get one point out of them. And and now the difference is we've obviously got three points out of them. They've come away with nothing. And we're still unbeaten after how many games is it? Eight or something like that. So yeah, we're fantastic, fantastic. So we've still got a long way to go, obviously. But the fact, as you just mentioned, we didn't really need Bakayo Saka. Uh, when we came into this game and obviously there were hopes that he'd be fit and with them not having Rodri or De Bruyne, Stones obviously wasn't starting either. It was like a, it seemed like a huge, huge opportunity for us to finally beat Man City. It, it, this was like the game that we'd been waiting for to kind of get that one up against Man City. And we were, we were thinking, oh, please, Saka, please be fit. Because with this opportunity, with this chance that we have, we're going to need you kind of thing. And when I saw that he wasn't in the squad, I was like, oh, no, oh, no. Because he was obviously in contention uh, to actually be in the squad or even start. 
obviously that wasn't the case. But even so, when you go into the game, it overall, I thought it was quite a weird game, but weird in the fact that it was actually really cagey. It was almost like both teams were quite nervous. You could see the difference in City when they didn't have Rodri or De Bruyne. But then there were points in the game for Arsenal where we could, I mean, especially earlier on, early on, I think it was in the first 10, 15 minutes, we could barely get out of our half. But when we did, we still made more passes in 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 the in the final third than what Man City did. So it was it was a really kind of odd, uh, kind of dynamic the whole game. And then we ended up the second half came. Martinelli came on. We really kind of grew into the game, like really grew into the game. We started to visibly dominate the game in terms of. Uh, maybe not possession, but in terms of danger. Uh, and I said last night that that is partially down to Saliba and Gabriel. Our, uh, well, I say just those two, our defensive side of the game. We were very tight. We were very compact. City found it very difficult to get through. Their best chance came in the, in, in two minutes, in the first two minutes of the game. And you didn't yeah. really see them pop up any other time apart from that. Uh, they only shot the target all game. That, exactly. Uh, Nathan, that, Nathan, uh, Guardiola it was. There. Yes, and then, and then Ake hit it over the bar. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think, to be fair, I didn't realise that that was the, the only shot on target the whole game. I hadn't actually clocked. So the fact yeah. that that came in the first two minutes and then we were able to keep them out the rest of it, we were putting our bodies in the way uh, whenever they would have a shot. like out, they, they had to take shots outside the box because they couldn't get into it. That's how good our defence was. And against the side, a treble win inside, don't forget, it is a statement to behold almost. Uh, and I think teams, I think we now, teams really, really, don't get me wrong, I think they have taken us seriously over the last season. But now they're going to really like need to take us seriously with how good our defence is. And it, it's definitely got a lot better this season what it, than what it had last season. Um, so, yeah, and... The fact that we were able to do that without Saka, who personally is our best player for me, uh, <laughs> is that's really, really good. Uh, amazing. And you saw uh, with what you said with Havertz, uh, you, you wanted him to start up front, but he came on up front and you yeah. saw the difference that he made. And I think that that, um, I, I said yesterday with Umar, and Umar uh, said it as well, Arteta got everything right yesterday uh, in a game that needed that to happen and that is the the subs that he made he almost matched everything that City did to close them down to make sure that they couldn't get any further than what they did Tomiyasu was he came on for to kind of combat Doku coming on um but even where even when Zinchenko was on he was keeping him quiet and then when Tomiyasu came on Doku went over to the right Ben White kept him quiet I think he I think he attempted five dribbles none of them were completed he didn't have any shots um, and then every single player that Arteta brought on was involved in the goal. Partey was the player that played it up to Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu was the player that headed down to Havertz. Havertz laid it off to Martinelli, and Martinelli scored. Arteta needs praise for, for yesterday because the doubt that was, uh, well, I say from the fans, me obviously me personally, as I said, with the fact that we didn't have Saka, we and and Umar as well. He said before the game, and I agreed with him that he can't really see a win with, with the way that we were yeah, set yeah. up against City and the way that we did. 
get the win. Uh, it it shows that we don't necessarily need our best players to come out with a victory against the best teams. And that puts a lot of faith in the kind of squad depth that we have, the, the quality of the players. We'd obviously been doubting Jorginho because of what he did against Tottenham, but he was phenomenal as well. The way that we that he, everyone set up, really, it, that is partially why we won yesterday with the way that we kind of controlled the game, the way that we set up our system just throughout. Um, just an overall fantastic win. Brilliant stuff um, from from Arsenal overall. Really controlled performance uh, and certainly one that will be very, very much in the mind, I think, of Guardiola when he comes to face Arsenal again the, in, next year at the Etihad and how uh, they're going to look to combat it. I've seen a lot of saltiness from Man City fans. You know, no De Bruyne, no Roger, that's why you won. Hold on. You, you can't say you didn't have two of your best players. You spent millions on this squad that supposedly has like two 11s that can win the league you lose mm -hmm. two players and apparently that's now a reason why you're losing we didn't have Bakar Saka exactly. we couldn't start Martinelli we couldn't start Partey we've lost a, a key signing in Timber already for the whole of this season effectively you know there's no oh we didn't have our first 11 mm -hmm. it, yes like it just doesn't neither work that we. way <laughs> it doesn't work that way um because neither did we as Charlie says there uh, I, I think that before the game, it was a really weird kind of eerie silence around the ground, actually. There was, yeah. I mean, the North London Forever song was sung. Uh, I was in the overflow section of the press area, so I was like in and amongst the crowd, actually kind of like wedged in with a laptop trying to type with on my, on my knees. Um, but uh, it was a really strange kind of atmosphere. Carl in the chat says, hi, Tom Charlie. Just like to say, the muted atmosphere before the game, certainly in my section of the Upper East, was more down to a quiet confidence rather than fear. I don't think it was fear necessarily I would have put it down to. I think that the Bakaya Saka news had really kind of sapped enthusiasm from the crowd, and I think that showed. But Arsenal responded really quickly. There was frustrations in the first half because mm -hmm. we kept passing around in our own defensive third. Raya got very lucky because of the Julian Alvarez moment. Very lucky indeed. And Arteta came out after the game and said that he was instructing him to do this, that he had to be calm. He didn't want it to go long. He seemed to level a slight dig at Ramsdale as well when he said, like, some goalkeepers under the crowd atmosphere have, have kind of gone long and started kicking it long, and he didn't do that. And I was like, that was a bit of an unnecessary con I don't know what Ramsdale's done. I no. really don't. But it did seem like a little bit of a, uh, a, a kind of a veiled dig in some ways. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but it did a little bit. But I didn't like how, you know, I didn't like that necessarily that we were kept on inviting them onto pressure. Um, but the players, despite that instruction, did play, I think, the defence and the midfield in particular played very well. Saliba and, and Wyatt, especially, I thought, played out from the back really well. Gabriel did have to clear along a couple of times. And then Gabriel Jesus was kind of tasked with trying to win those those knockdowns. But there's a lot of that in the first half. Second half was far, far better, mm -hmm. you know, in the way in which we were able to kind of play out. Um, the introduction of Thomas Partey, the subs that we made, Tommy Asu coming on, I thought did really, really well. And the four subs, of course, combined for the goal. Partey to Tommy, to Havertz, to Martinelli to score. Uh, a fantastic goal. And ultimately, it it was the difference maker toward the end of the game. Um, we've obviously, I, I discussed a lot of the, the fine details after the game with our post that we put up yesterday. But what do you think this does to the... Uh, in terms of this break that we've got now, I think this is probably the best timed international break I can remember, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, going into an international break on such a high, playing again, uh, getting a win out of Man City and 
being able to rest Saka because he's not going with England. He's not travelling with them. To well, finally get no, him I have news for you, Charlie. Oh, no. Is he going? England apparently are still expecting Saka to come to the camp. Well, I, I was really hoping that he would be able to to rest these two weeks because he is playing every single game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, yesterday was the first time that he hadn't uh, played consecutively for 87 games for Arsenal uh, yeah. in the league, that is, let alone yeah. the uh, playing in other competitions like the Champions League, etc. And he constantly plays for England as well. So... I was really hoping that he would be able to have a rest, but even so, there'll be—I reckon there'll be some sort of rest because Southgate must obviously be wary that that the situation that he's in. Um, we England are obviously playing against Australia, so obviously not not as a good team as what we're playing against Italy. But so hopefully he can get a bit of a rest then. But yes, I, I, I do still agree with you. The fact that. We can now kind of sit back. I, I say sit back. We, we obviously will continue with training, but it has come in time with injuries. With just just with everything, just with everything. Really, I don't. I don't really know how else to explain it. Um, it just helps because with Gabriel Martinelli, obviously just coming back. I, I don't know whether he's going with Brazil. Uh, do you? No, do you know? Okay, no, there you not. go. So the first game back, he's obviously scored, and then now he's he can continue to kind of get back to full on fitness because obviously if he was at full fitness, he would have started that game. Um, so yeah, that that will be a positive for Arsenal as well. Um, do you know about Partey? Is he going as well? Has been called up. I don't know if he's going. Saliba's not. Saliba's been because um, he had to play with an, a therapeutic injection. I was told um, so because of an injury with his toe. So he played with a, an injection, but he's not been. He's been allowed to not go with France to their games. So, so there's a lot of boosts for Arsenal to take from the fact that there are some key players that won't be. Uh, playing with their international squad the uh, next week. So the next time they'll play will be two weeks. So it's just two weeks of training, two weeks of kind of rehabilitation, getting back to full fitness. Um, so, yeah, ju just brilliant, really. It's <laughs> just a brilliant timing for Arsenal to go into uh, against Chelsea. I think it's the 20th or 21st of October that we're playing against them. So, I mean, Chelsea have a, a as bad as they've been this season, they've actually got a decent defensive record. So, the the kind of resting of of um of attacking players will definitely help us going forward against Chelsea. Um so yeah, uh we just gotta look forward to to two weeks' time really. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I hope that you know when we do arrive back with the game against Chelsea that Martinelli, Saka, Partey can all start because that'll be a massive, massive boost yeah. uh, to the team. Um, I'm looking forward to, to that game. I'm looking forward to this break. I'm going to be taking a few days off over the weekend as well, which is going to be very much appreciated and needed. Uh, but uh, I think that from an Arsenal perspective this weekend, you know, we saw Liverpool drop points, uh, Man City losing, of course, Chelsea getting uh, a win at um, Burnley. And I think that, you know, they've, they've played Burnley, they've played Fulham, two teams that have not been too great. I still don't know how we managed to not win <laughs> against Fulham earlier this season. Um, Spurs getting very lucky again. I have to say, at Luton. I don't know how Luton didn't score. Well, Tottenham, obviously they're unbeaten with us, but they have, they've played five of the bottom six. So, Yes, they have. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas we've beaten Man United, we've played them, we've beaten Manchester City. 
Um, they have beat Liverpool because of a crazy offside decision. You know, mm-hmm. they are the luckiest team in the league. And I'll keep saying it. And I'll keep poking <laughs> the bears that are above us who are Spurs fans. And I'll keep poking it because it was it is true. They are just the luckiest mm-hmm. team in the league. It's yeah, I was chatting with our colleague Tom Coley on social media yesterday. He was saying that it's not luck that gets you 20 points. I'm like, I agree. But it gets you quite a few of them. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> there is a foundation there that Ange has done a very good job and Madison's been excellent. But there's a lot of luck involved in those 20 points they've got. Whereas you look at Arsenal, I think we've deserved to win every single game we've played except the Spurs game. You know, yeah. we were fortunate to come out with a draw there, really. We played terribly. But every other Premier League game from Forest to Fulham, which we dropped points into this game, we deserve to win. And uh, the Bournemouth game, of course, the Palace game, uh, we've deserved to win these fixtures. And that's why we are where we are. I think we're one point or two points, one point worse off than we were this time last season. Um, we managed to win the game after Man United, of course, but we played three big six sides, which is two mm. more than we'd played at the same stage last season when we'd only played Man United. So some really good stats, some really good kind of omens, if you like, going into this season. Um Marcus says, if we could cut out the mistakes, we would have won every game. Absolutely yeah. agree. And Belize yeah. says, luck runs out, fortunately. Yes, hopefully that it does uh, for Spurs. Uh, Heather says, I really did think when he wasn't playing yesterday, Saka, that he wouldn't be expected to play for England. Well, you thought wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very frustrating indeed. Yeah. We're all very frustrated by it. Uh, Ronnie joining in from Kenya. and uh, James from Sierra Leone as well. Some fantastic stuff. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing kind of uh, the reactions to, to this international break and whether or not Saka's involved. We'll have to wait and see. Matt says Saliba was incredible. Really think he could be the clear-cut best defender in the world in a few years' time if we can keep him. You know, I know we've signed him up to a new deal, but it's only to 2027, I think. So, you know, let's keep an eye on that one. But hopefully he'll be with us for a fair few more years at least. Uh, and hopefully I'll be, Arsenal will be using him to try and win the league as well. But uh, we're going to end the show just with a brief chat about Another refereeing decision. No red card for Kovacic, Charlie. My goodness me. How has he stayed on the field? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. And that, that's another thing that I've, I'm seeing all over social media as well, that people are reacting live to, to this decision. The fact that he was likely to not get a red card in the first place and then to go studs up into Declan Rice in the second foul. A studs up challenge is a yellow card. That that's the problem, and that's where Michael Oliver's got got it wrong, and VAR's got it wrong in the first challenge as well. Going into the back of Odegaard, has literally rolled his ankle over because he's gone into the back of it, and then it's gone like that when he's gone into it. So, yeah, that that's wrong in the first place because it is a very dangerous tackle, very dangerous. You never know if he goes at a different angle, a very slightly different angle, or with a little bit more force. That could be that could potentially be a broken ankle. I mean, you would you you saw uh, was it Sheffield United? One of the Sheffield United players. You saw his ankle against uh, who did they play? Was it and anyway? Um, yeah, Sheffield United. One of the Sheffield United players ended up Basham. Yeah, Basham, yeah, yeah, with a very. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but a, a broken ankle. Uh, yeah. But that could have happened to Martin. It wasn't exactly the same thing. But what I'm trying to say is that. Going in studs up on someone's ankle is a very dangerous thing to do. And especially against what I'm not saying that it's different for every single player, but especially against Odegaard, that could have been very uh, detrimental to Arsenal. So luckily he he's okay. Luckily he was all right to carry on. And then, yeah, that second foul, 
Um, not as bad as the first one, but still unnecessary. Arsenal will have the ball. We're comfortable in our in our own half. Declan Rice, and then he's nowhere near the ball in that second challenge, and then just completely wipes him out. His leg goes across his left, hits his right, uh, and then hits his right ankle with the studs up. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous officiating. Yeah. But I said yesterday, I mentioned very briefly that I find it weird that VAR doesn't actually check for second yellow cards because they do it for red cards and then it's the same outcome. So why don't they do it for the same uh, for, for something that's going to be the same outcome? I don't, I don't quite get it. Maybe that's something that will hopefully be implemented into into VAR soon because it was the same with Tommy Asu against Palace. He got a second yellow for for nothing, literally nothing. All they did, he all he did was turn with Andre Ayew, and then Ayew decided to dive, and then obviously he ends up getting a red card. And then we luckily, obviously, we did end up coming out with a win, but you never know. On another day, it could have been different. So this is, I think that needs to be implemented into VAR. There are obviously a lot of kind of things wrong with VAR. Um, whom I said yesterday that the actual the VAR is is good. It's the it's a good thing that we've got VAR because it is meant to kind of get rid of all of these mistakes and things that referees don't see on the field. It's the people behind VAR that are getting the things wrong constantly. And I said last night, it's so much of an inconsistency that it is it there is consistent. It is consistently awful. It's consistent <laughs> inconsistency. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. But obviously, Arsenal have come away with a win, so we don't have to really dig into VAR. But we still need mm. to obviously address it, which is why we're doing it. So. Yeah. yeah, it has to be talked about. Um, it's incredibly frustrating because you know it's going to, at some stage, it's going to sadly go against us. Um, it's, and we've already seen that you know, happen this season. So it's very frustrating. Uh, some teams get all the luck in the world and some teams sadly don't. We haven't been getting a fair amount of penalties, to be fair, this season. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, it's. I think Umar's right in what he says. It's the people behind the, the system. The system is there to, to design to be to support the referees and it's just it's just making things worse like it's just, uh because it's the, i think that, that it should be third party i think it should be people that aren't part of the refereeing group i think it should be a third party organization um that is that is a different you know i'm mean, either you can do it with people that are you know maybe from different officiations from uh around the world that does it um maybe that's the right way forward but yeah it's the the decision making is is kind of crazy in this country. The refereeing, the yeah. standard of refereeing has just plummeted. I don't know if it's plummeted or it's just always been this bad, but it's been <laughs> highlighted by VAR just how bad this <laughs> is. It needs to change. But Charlie, thank you for your time out this morning. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you to everyone watching and and of course listening. And yeah, I, as I mentioned yesterday, just keep drinking in this win and make the most of it. Indeed. Uh, have a fantastic couple of weeks. We'll still be around, of course, producing content for you every single day. Uh, we'll have another podcast, hopefully, The View from the Clock End, returning very soon with myself and Kaya uh, to have a chat about uh, yesterday's game. We were both at the Emirates and, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see and hear uh, kind of more reaction to this, what we think about the Saka debacle with England as well uh, and more as well. So make sure you tune in for that. But drop a like, subscribe. Charlie, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, we will see you on the next one. Have a great day. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.